In this final segment on the operations of partnerships, we consider the halachas governing partnership operations in the absence of explicitly agreed upon rules, and the critical question of how to resolve differences of opinion between the partners regarding the course that the partnership should take. The classic poskim, the Rambam and Halcha Shluchan Vashutfin, Perakeyalach Aleph, Shulchan Arach, Hoshin Mishpat, Simon Kufayin Vav Sif Yud, establish the general rule that partners must follow conventional practice, the Minog, as well as certain objective best practices. Hamishtatifim Chavero Bistam, Rambam writes, someone enters into partnership with his friend Bistam without any stipulation, Lo Yishanami Minaka Medina, he shall not deviate from the local custom, with respect to that merchandise. Rambam now gives a number of specific examples of problematic deviation. He shall not sell on credit except for something which is always sold on credit. He shouldn't entrust partnership merchandise into the hands of others. Elam Kane. These things are only permitted in Elam Kain Hisnu Batrila, if they stipulated initially that these things shall be allowed, or if he acts with the consent of his friend, the other partner. If a partner goes ahead in an unauthorized way and does one of these things, subsequently he notifies the other partner, he says, I did such and such, and the other partner accepts what he's done, then I raise that potter. Then he's not responsible for any adverse consequences of what he's done. Ben Kenyan. These things do not require a Kenyan. Mere verbal arrangement is sufficient. Perhaps surprisingly, however, the classic postcom do not discuss how differences of opinion between partners are to be resolved in the absence of an established custom or clear objective best practices. We just saw the general rule. You follow the minhag. You follow objective best, best practices, various examples. What if there is no objective best, best practice? What if there is no minog? What if the partners have a disagreement <coughs> that's not clearly covered by these rules? So what do we do? So the classic postmen don't really discuss this. We consider here two relatively modern discussions of this topic. One from a century and a half ago by Rabbi Ezra Gordon of Tells, and the other by the contemporary Dayan in Eretz Yisrael of Mendel Shafran. Both agree that in practice, the opinion of a majority of the partners is often followed, but they apparently have a fundamental theoretical disagreement over whether this is actually a halacha, that you follow the majority of the partners, the rove, or is only a minhag. The obvious ramification of this theoretical difference, as we'll see, is whether majority opinion is followed when there's no clear minhag to that effect. Eliezer Gordon has a tshuva in his tshuva where he touches on this question. He says, V'shutfin gufa, simon dalet, ostalet, Gufa, with respect to partners, in if the partners cannot reach unanimity, they can't reach consensus, then Srichim based in Lishal Bakiim, based in needs to consult experts, experts in business, whatever the experts say, that's how the partnership shall be conducted. Even if the experts are in line, are in accord with the minority view of the partnership, as an example. We follow the, the, the Kiyim even if most of the partners prefer a different course of action. For example, Most of the partners want to sell earlier than the standard time for selling. A minority of the partners says, we don't want to sell, we want to hold. Even if only a single partner holds out and says, I want to hold, I don't want to sell yet. 
The experts say he's right. The, the partnership interest will be better served by holding and waiting. We, we, then we follow the, the minority opinion, the individual opinion, even against the rope, because that's what the Bikim say is correct. And as a consequence, if the other Shutzpin don't do that and they sell early, subsequently the price goes up and they, they fail to realize that price increase, they have to compensate the Yachid for causing him that, that injury, that loss of revenue. On any matter where the experts say that the best interests of the partnership requires such and such a course of action, even if that's the opinion only of an individual, the other partners have to follow the preference of the individual because he's the one who is who is uh, who is preferring the correct course of action. Ah, Rabbi Lezer Gordon says, based in This is only if based in already, for some reason, consulted experts, and the Bikim clarified, the experts clarified, that what the Yachid wants, what the individual wants, is in the best interest of the partnership, what the majority wants is not in the best interest of the Shutfus. Then, once the experts have been consulted, we follow the partner who who they side with. But initially, if Basin encounters a situation where most of the partners prefer a certain course of action and the minority disagrees and the experts have not yet been consulted, Basin does not need to consult experts. In general, we will follow the majority. Certainly, what most of the Shutfin want that is presumed to be in the best interest of the partnership, because the partners themselves are not worse than other experts. You can argue they are worse. They might not be experts. Just because they have money and they enter into business doesn't mean they're experts. But Rob Gordon says they are just as good as any other experts. They're just as reliable as other experts. Don't say that they have, uh, that since it's their money, they're not disinterested. They're not neutral bystanders. They're nogim bedaver. Why would you think they're nogim? Why would you think they have an interest? Because they want to make more money. Or because they feel for some other reason that this will be better for the partnership. So their interest, their individual interests align perfectly with the interest of the partnership. It's all the same thing. What's better for each individual partner, generally at least, is better for the partnership as a whole. What they want, personally, the, the Adam Smith's invisible hand, what they want is better for the partnership as a whole. And certainly in this case, a partnership. There's no one who's more expert in the, in the, in the matter more than the partners themselves. And therefore, if Gordon says, even though it's true in principle, objective, best interest of the Schutfus, as stated by experts, would override the preference of the majority, that's true, he says. However, in general, we don't need to consult experts. If the majority of Schutzman prefer a certain course of action, that's what we will follow. Trouble Ezra Gordon Shita is that in general, when partners have a disagreement, we will follow the rove, unless we know that it's against the best interest of the partnership. We've already consulted experts who have ruled, who have ruled, who have sided with the, the minority, with an individual. Again, Rob Gordon says that they're not worse than Shar Bikim, yet he himself says that if we already consulted other Bikim who sided with the minority, we follow them, despite the fact that they're not worse than Shar Bikim. So somehow, if Gordon fails, if we haven't consulted other Bikim yet, we just rely on their preferences and their expertise, and we assume 
that what the majority wants is in the best interest of the partnership. But if we did consult Bekiyim, and therefore we trusted Bekiyim that what the majority wants is not in the best interest of the partnership, if they all agree it's their money, they can do what they want. But if even a single holdout says, I want to do otherwise, then the Bekiyim, the experts, the outside experts, side with the individual, then we follow what the individual wants against the will of the majority. So, Rob Gordon seems to assume that majority, following the majority, is a fundamental rule of Shutfus, unless the experts say otherwise, but in general, we will follow the majority. Rav Mendel Shafran, however, doesn't see it like that. Rav Mendel Shafran has, in a, in a piece published in the journal Hayashar Vatov, has a lengthy discussion about the rules of partners, and for a few pages he discusses what happens if partners don't agree. So he says... In cases where, where, where the Shudfin are bound together, one of them has no right to make an early uh, division. We have a difference of opinion among the partners. The future of the business. For, for example, whether to divide now or to continue the operations. In a factory or a shop. There's no pre-established time for for uh, terminating the shutfus. Now, some of them want to chelak mevakshin lefarik shutfus. Some of them want to end the shutfus now. The chelak mevakshin lekaima. Some want to keep the shutfus going, and they say, on the contrary, tonim shapiru kigrim hafsid gadol. Breaking up the partnership now prematurely will cause a great loss. Lachal chelak or zek einbod kdechaluka kamer das mi kavat bezep. Who decides whether to continue the partnership or whether to break it up now? So Rav Shafran says, we have to consider the general question. We have to address the fundamental question, the general question, every joint endeavor, when there are differences between the partners, with something regarding the operation of the, the business, the endeavor, whose opinion decides. Hine Pashari says, if there is an explicit agreement between the partners, and that agreement provides for some mechanism for resolving disputes, then obviously that agreement binds all the partners, because they agree to it. Anyone who's been selected to, uh, to, to be the one to the decider, he's the one who gets to decide. He says, generally, when agreements are made between expert businessmen, typically there is a paragraph in their agreement addressing this question of me, how differences of opinion should be resolved, who decides, how do they decide, buying or selling, and also discusses rules for under what conditions the partnership can be dissolved, in most businesses, he says, usually the, the stipulation is that the majority opinion is followed. Certain particularly difficult decisions or weighty decisions that are of great import. A simple majority is not enough. You need a super majority, 60%, 75%, to pass that decision. Furthermore, he adds, parenthetically, shareholders don't get to vote, only those who are called controlling shareholders, he's in Israel, in the U.S., 
common stock shareholders typically do vote, so there, are, there is such a thing as non-voting shares. In general, my understanding is that most common stock shareholders typically do get to vote. So a lot of tech companies are using Class A share and B shares, where one share gets one one share class gets more votes. But the Rav Shafran tells us that in general, there's an agreement. The agreement generally follows the rove, although some shareholders might be considered non-voting investors. But in general, there's an agreement, and in general, the agreement follows rove or supermajority in some cases. Rav Shafran goes on and he says, A further step, he says, Today, Even in a, a partnership agreement that does not contain such a provision, Nevertheless, The general custom is to write That majority, that the majority of, the, of the owners, of the shareholders, shall decide. Therefore, Certainly, the assumption is that they want their partnership to be governed by the standard rules. At least with regard to a company, to a corporate type of shutfus, where there's a standard established minhag that majority rules. If they form a company, and they don't address for some reason in their, in their foundational documents, how decisions shall be made. There's an implicit assumption that it's going to work. Standard rule of minhag. Now Rav Shafran makes a very interesting point. He says, Since the minhag is that we explicitly state this in the and these, these businessmen didn't write that. It's a conspicuous omission. By leaving it out, they, they don't want to follow that rule. If they explicitly reject the minog, that's their prerogative. So by omitting it, maybe that means they don't want that minog. That's not correct, Rav Shafran writes. There's a concept of that if a certain type of liability is implicit in certain types of transactions, even if you don't write it, since it's usually written, we say, it's a, we, you probably meant to write it, you just left it out, you relied on the standard minog, Lamadnu, or he, or to Tosofer, he should have written it, and, 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 and he, and he forgot to write it, Lamadnu Shaholchamachar minog, we learn that we follow the minog, Alpishinog, Ulafaresh, even though the standard minog is to actually write it, Vizelopirish, and he didn't write it, Shakoldavrishinogubo, Muvan Me'elov, anything which is a standard custom and is self-understood, Shayatarlikosfo, it's clear that it should have been written, if they forgot to write it, we, we assume they forgot to write it, it's as though they wrote it explicitly, since the way businesses are run is that decisions are made based on majority rule, and that's how they write and sign in most contracts, as we've said, we assume that it was omitted inadvertently in error, and therefore the halacha is, even if they forgot to write it, it's as though they did write it beferish. We should note that we've seen earlier in the laws of partnership, we've actually seen the contrary svarah. The Gemara in Suva says that partners, if they don't specify how the profits are to be divided, they split them 50-50, even though one partner contributed more capital to the partnership than the other. And the Rush explains, Tosis, the Rush elaborates that the Svara for this is, there are different Svaras for that, but the Rush explains that the reason is that since partners typically 
typically would specify that the, that, the, that the profits of the partnership should be divided in proportion to their contributions, and they did not specify. We assume by not specifying, they meant to say that they want them to be divided 50-50. So the rush is exactly the opposite as far, that if something is normally specified and you don't, we assume that you want a different arrangement. But here, Rav, Rav Shafran says, the general rule is, as we see in Achrayis Ta'asofer, if we, if we can assume that something was inadvertently left out, so we assume that that's what they wanted, we assume they meant to write that, and it becomes the halacha, it becomes part of their agreement, even though they did not actually write it. Rav Shafran goes on, and he concedes that there are certain cases, he notes there are certain exceptions, cases where other arrangements, uh, other arrangements are followed, other arrangements are assumed, he said, Mulvadze, Yesh Letzayin, Shekayam, Machlotus, Mesuyamos, there are certain types of business decisions, Asher Zechus, Tachra, Behem Shmura, Laman Kala, Certain types of decisions are reserved for the CEO, the chief executive officer, Omanal Beisaisek, or the manager of some facility. The, the officers of the corporation, the, the manager, they are the, the agents of the people who own the company. And he, when they appoint him to his position, he receives the authority to manage the business's affairs according to his, according to what he sees, at, what he, as he sees fit. Decisions in the area in which the CEO has been appointed to be responsible for those for those decisions. He has the complete authority to make his own decisions. He doesn't have to call up the, the owners, the partners of the business for every decision that he makes. Whatever is within his sphere of authority, he can make on his own. He says, but obviously it's understood. He's not really in charge. He's just an agent of the owners of the company. Since he's only an agent, they can always reject what he does because he doesn't have any independent power. His power draws from their delegating it to him. And if they withdraw it, if they decide to contravene something he's done, they can do that. They can take away his power to make decisions. But as long as they don't do that, whatever he does within the, the scope of his authority is binding and is valid. Similarly, since again, since he has no independent authority, his authority just derives from his being appointed to the position by the owners. He can only make decisions with regard to running the business, routine operations. <coughs> That's the area that he's been appointed to to manage. But substantial, important questions that are not part of his day-to-day operations. Decision about moving the business somewhere else. To open more branches. That's not part of routine operations of the company. To invest in other types of merchandise. These questions are not within the scope of his standard authority. He has no authority to make those decisions. Whatever he does, uh, whatever he does is not valid. This only applies, this idea that we follow Rove, which is similar to what Rav Gordon said, this is only with his Aminog Bar. He started by saying, you follow the Minog. Then he said, the Minog is today is typically that we follow the Rove. And he, and he added, even if they didn't write that into the star, we assume they wanted that. It's like a chreis to a sofer. We assume they forgot. It was inadvertently omitted. That's only when there's a minute bar in a case like a company. Most companies, they write in their initial agreement as a final kabbalah sachros, that's when there's a clear 
business custom. However, he says when we're dealing with uh, not companies but small but smaller ad hoc private partnerships, al when multiple individuals have bought property or own property together. For example, Shekanu Yachad Migrash, Lubnias Diras, they bought a lot for the building of, of houses, of apartments, Uchidome, Shembazem Minakabua. It's not a company, it's not a general purpose company, that there's no standard minhag. There's no clear rule of how decisions shall be made. They don't have any agreement that covers such a question. There's no rule that you follow, Rove. In such a case, any deviation from their initial agreement cannot be done without unanimous consent, because there's no minic to follow, Rove, in such a case. Even an individual can say, no, this is against our agreement. There's no, we, we never agreed to follow the rove, so the status quo holds, and as long as even, if they all agree, they can do what they want, but as long as even one, as long as there's even one holdout, he has the right to say that you have no right to overrule me, because there's no minog in such a context for the rove to overrule the meat. Shekemoshi, Efsher, Limkaras, and Neches, Loas, Kamaskulam, just like they can't sell an asset without everyone agreeing, Shrei, Efsher, Lechad, Limkar, Chelechavero, how can I sell someone else's property without his permission? So too, you can't do anything with regard to his property without his permission. That's why he brings that when the Ramat talks about the, the monogam of communities, how communities resolve differences in terms of local government when, when they can't reach a unanimous consensus. So he says, he says that we have, we follow the rove. And, uh, that's the minute he says, we follow the rove. Based on Bishonim, the Maram of Rattenberg. So Rav Shafran explains, That's because in communal affairs, we're talking about a context where there is a to follow the rov. When there's no clear minhag, then we will not follow the rov. So this seems to be a fundamental difference between him and Rav Gordon. Ezra Gordon seems to assume that unless we know that experts have actually weighed in and have sided with the Miyot, we will generally follow the rov, because we generally say they're not worse than other experts, and what they want is presumed to be in the best interest of the Shutzfus. Rav Shafran says that it's true that in general, certainly in modern times, there is a standard minhag like that to follow the rov, sometimes a supermajority, but generally the rov. And it's true that in such a case, we'll follow the rov. But in a case where there's no such minhag, there is no absolute rule, there is no inherent halachic rule to follow the rov. In such a case, we cannot deviate from the original agreement of the Shutfus, and even a single individual can hold out, and the rabbin has no right to overrule him. What do you do, Rav Shafran asks? With no minhag to clarify what to do, and they didn't agree on any particular particular course of action originally. So now you're paralyzed. What do you do? There is no status quo or initial agreement that's going to remain in place, and they can't agree on what to do. And really, in principle, no shutuf can no shutuf can push for any course of action against the against the will of even a single other shutuf. But what do you do if you have to do something? If there's a status quo, you keep the status quo. What do you do if there is no status quo? You have to do something. The status quo is not tenable. They have, the business has a rented, rented premises, a rented shop. Landlord says he's not renewing the lease. They have to move somewhere. Staying here is not an option. And they have in front of them two proposals, two options of where to rent. Rent here or rent there. They have to decide on one or the other. 
Umeriven Banam, and they don't agree. Zalmer Bako, Zalmer Bako. Now what do you do? Status quo is not an option. They have to do something. They don't have a consensus. There's no minute to follow the rope. So what do you do? So now Rav Shafran notes another point of agreement with Rav Gordon. He says, Zevadai certainly says, If there is a professional opinion that sides with one of the two options, Expert opinion says one of the two options is preferable. And again, certainly you're going to follow professional opinion. Expert opinion. Whichever shutfin are supported by professional opinion, by expert opinion, their, their opinion carries the day. Again, that's the minute he says, We always take into account professional opinion, expert opinion, make decisions based on expert opinion, and so on, he says. So what if there is no status quo? The status quo is untenable. There's no consensus. There's no, there's no professional opinion. Experts say that there's no clear right and wrong here. So what do you do? Both options, by objective standards, are equal. They can't reach agreement. So what do you do? So you don't follow Rove, apparently. Rove is not what you do, unlike Rove Gordon. He, seems, he says, if you don't follow Rove, what you do is, You make a girl to decide what to do. One shutuf can compel the other shutuf to join a girl and follow what the girl says. Just like when partners divide their assets and they both want a, a, certain, a specific piece of land, a specific asset, and then they can't reach any agreement. Any question that requires a decision, and they can't reach any mutually agreed upon decision, you follow the girl. So Rav, so Rav Gordon's position is that you follow experts if we know the expert opinion, otherwise we follow Rav. Rav Shafran's position is that we follow the initial founding documents of the Shutfus, which often will include provisions for resolving disputes, and those are often Rav, often that you follow the Rav, and today, even if you don't specify Rav, in a, in a corporate context, in the context of a company, where in such context the agreement typically is to follow the Rav, that's what we follow, even if there's no such agreement, we assume it was left out inadvertently. But in other types of partnerships, where there is no clear minhag, then you don't follow the road. Then, then we require unanimity to diverge from the initial, to deviate from the initial agreement, we would require unanimity. Otherwise, the status quo, the initial agreement, remains in force until a unanimous decision is made to change it. And in a case where there is no status quo, in a case where they have to do something and there's no clear status quo determining, there's no status quo determining what they should do, so if there is a professional expert opinion, we'll follow that. And if there's none, if we can't decide on objective grounds, and, and there's no provision in the initial agreement that tells us how to resolve deadlocks between the partners, then we follow Goro, we, follow, we, we draw lots, we follow, we, we draw a go, we, we, we do a goro, as Chazal provided in, as, as, as Chazal established is the rule in similar situations.